Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of Shared Diversity. Today, I'd like to talk about transparency. It's been some time since someone just started talking about being honest and being true to yourself. But when you are in the working field and people ask you continuously about the way you address topics within a team, the way you do your work, the way you have done projects in the past, it's interesting. I'm never getting bored to talk about it. It comes natural to me to be transparent, even when I'm writing or I'm having a presentation. And that's because of prayers. You can't lie in prayer, so it makes you very aware when you ask for mercy and forgiveness that you really have done wrong. And likewise, it makes you conscious when you ask for something that you want, you really truly want that something you ask for. You can't lie to Allah. So why lie to yourself or others? It doesn't make any sense to me. Allah is always there, right? Every single time something untrue comes out of my mouth, Allah hears it. So no, I'm not afraid of transparency. If you don't like me, that's literally not my issue. If you like me but you don't like my attitude, hey, no worries, I can always improve. We all can. But on the way of finding my highest, truest self, I am not going to pretend to be any different than I want to be. Yes, sometimes we have to fake it till we make it. But that only means in a good way. If I am in a bad mood, for example, it doesn't make any sense to show this to others. Rather, I am transparent in how I want to be feeling instead. How are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm blessed, getting better every second. Yeah, that's not a lie. It is the truth of what I'm doing when I put into my mind the definite purpose of wanting to feel better every second. You never know what will happen, but I am rather an optimist and wrong than a pessimist and right. See, I can act like I'm like you, dress like you, pretend I'm you, but I don't and I won't. I will never be you. Now, I want to talk about a video that probably a lot of us have seen the other week. And if not, even if that is months ago, years ago, we all can learn from that if you want to follow us you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter on shared diversity and please leave a comment and rate us on itunes this really will help us to keep up our work and spread the word the topic of this is what the halal uk cream proves white people wrong you know what is the number one factor why people get promoted It's how well they can blend into a team, the culture and the dominant mass. Now, obviously, unless we're talking about making business with Islamic companies or an hijab producer, a visibly Muslim woman would not blend in easily on first sight into a team here in the West. So the first question comes up, why should we? Why should we blend in? I'm not willing in any way to blend in into a mass of people. Actually, My nightmares often roam around a situation in which people do not look at me weird because that means I am like them. They cannot see or hear the difference in my vision, values and beliefs. That means, man, another nightmare in which I forgot to put on the hijab or shook a guy's hand. Obviously, I know it's not super usual in the West that a Muslim woman does not shake hands with her boss. Because, to be frank, I did when I first started applying for jobs. And the normal thing was for me to show respect to a person by shaking their hands. But out of my personal reasoning, gut feeling and just my instinct, I don't anymore. I don't shake a male's hand. I don't get into anybody contact with a non-mahram. 
I had sisters coming up to me asking me things like, why have you decided not to shake hands? Is it because of your husband? What is wrong about shaking hands anyways? Isn't that the norm here? And I get it. We are here in the West. We are supposed to adapt to culture, behaviors and etiquette. To a certain extent, I agree. The fact that I have decided not to is because I am from this culture. And I know most of the things we do on a daily basis are matters of habits. It's you being used to something. It's a cultural thing in parts of Latin America to greet others with a cheek kiss left and right. It's a cultural thing in some parts of China to put the hands together and bow a little. It's a cultural thing in some parts of Indonesia to greet with a nose kiss and it's a cultural thing in some parts of the West to shake hands. Now, I am gonna nose kiss, cheek kiss, bow or shake hands depending on the location or the background of a person. And uh, nope. I respect your traditions. But when Western businessmen are in Malaysia and greet a Malay woman, they also notice that they cannot extend their hands to her and get a feel. It's not about where you are to adapt to the person. It's about who you interact with to adapt to that person. And if there are certain cultural habits you have, you will probably adapt them to your surrounding. But if there are boundaries of values you have, there is no way the location a person in front of you will be able to adjust them towards them. Values are very different than habits or customs. I am German, I'm a businesswoman, and I don't shake hands with non-mahrams. Not because I never learned how to show respect to people, but because I have values that I don't compromise for anyone I meet. Sheikh Khalid Yassin said, We must be willing and courageous to be a stranger. Now, let's come to the beautiful, beautiful Hala, UK queen. Unfortunately, we don't know her name, but I'm very sure someone knows her. Here, first of all, the video that I am referring to. You can see a visibly Muslim woman greet Meghan Markle and her mother in an event that is celebrating the efforts of women of the Al-Manar Mosque, also called the Hub community, to create together with Meghan Markle a cookbook featuring the foods they prepare for the community who was affected by the Grenfell Fire 2017. Now, obviously Miss Markle brought her husband, who happens to be Prince Harry. Now what happens is, the woman hugs the missus, and when it comes to the prince, who wants to hug her too, she refuses politely. In which response, the prince offers her air kisses, while his wife gently pulls him back as she sees the sister's situation, probably a bit uncomfortable. Now, please watch the video yourself. I've attached a link because you will need to make up your own minds, inshallah. What this video shows is something interesting that I can witness every time I refuse to shake a man's hand. So what usually happens? These are the four stages of how a man reacts when you refuse to shake his hand. First stage, unbelievable consistency to still shake my hand despite my obvious refusal. Second stage, a shocked face and maybe some red cheeks with a stretched out hand still waiting to be healed from his shock and get his handshake. Third stage, now here it varies. Situation A, angry face turning into a slight rose and back to a fake smile in milliseconds. B. A shy mini laughter, red cheeks and looking down the floor until getting up again with a fake smile. C. Mumbling, oh or ah, as if he had strangely remembered that there are people with different manners in the world. And a fake real shy smile. D. In some rare cases. Big eyes and a, oh, I am so sorry. And a shy but genuine smile following. 
fourth stage, depending on stage three. Either normal conversations after a few minutes or weird energy for another 10 minutes until he's found his self-confidence again. Now, it's somehow always interesting to watch this game playing in front of my eyes. And here's how I usually wing the situation. Some tips for sisters who don't want to shake a non-mahram's hand, no matter who and what occasion. First, kindly put a genuine smile and put your right hand on your heart. Close your eyes or look down just for a second to give the person time to pull back his attempt to grab your hand. Then, tell him in a strong and friendly voice, Thanks, it's my pleasure to meet you. The thank you makes them feel admired and they will probably forgive you the refusal. Then go on to initiate the conversation by doing small talk or going straight into the topic, if it's a meeting, for example. Talk about one to two sentences that require an answer from the person, so he has another few seconds to win back his ego and find his professionalism again before he answers. And one extra tip for wives. If you have your husband by your side, just do the same. But instead of taking time, simply place your hand on your heart and make a wide swing to your husband so the person in front of you can at least use the stretched out arm to shake somebody's hand. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not always successful in avoiding handshakes, especially when I'm in contact with elderly men who are non-mahrams. Because frankly, here in Germany or wider Europe, people see it as a lack of respect and it's a sheer reflex of mine to show respect to elderly people. But that doesn't mean I'm never going to be perfecting my non-handshake performance and I will definitely keep doing my best, inshallah. In the end, it really does not matter who is in front of you, royal or poor, boss or neighbor. And it really also doesn't matter if you choose to refuse a handshake or not. It's about keeping your values and fighting for them with all the persistence and patience we have. Especially in the West, we see political debates on what it means to be of a certain nationality and why being Muslim means being the opposite of their cultural values. But it seems funny to me that we are talking about values here where I get no answer back on what value system you are referring your values to. Because just as we need to be aware that Islam is not cultural, the same way we need to be understanding that cultural manners, habits and traditions are not values. Can we be Western and Muslim? Who asks this question didn't research on their history, economy or arts in their specific country. We are part of the West. We are our own unity within it. The Ummah concept is grounded on united visions, sisterhood and values. That reminds me of the Hadith narrative. Islam initiated as something strange and would refer to its old position of being strange. So good tidings for the stranger. There are so many things people expect you to compromise to fit in, but what they don't understand is that we want to stand out. And now, I'd love to hear from you. What do you think about shaking hands with non-mahrams? And what experience have you had in this regard? And for everyone, what other situations do you find yourself in where fitting in is expected from you while you rather stick out for your values? Write it down in the comments and... Share your diversity with us. And don't forget to like, comment and share this with your friends and your network so we can keep producing content that is relevant for you. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum. <laughs>